Hi, and welcome to the App Crown podcast. Uh, we're, t- you know, today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, getting to know Ted. Ted Sung, um, I'm sure you guys may have known, maybe you don't know, but Ted's my father. And uh, this podcast is a, you know, think of a more of a father-son moment together, talk about business, talk about life, but also everything about wealth management. Uh, for those of you who don't know, AppCrown is a integration company servicing wealth management firms with a mission statement to empower our, uh, advisors to really connect multiple applications into a single CRM. But behind the business are people, are customers with real stories. And, you know, in this environment, we think of podcasts as a great, great experience and great idea to let those stories be told. Uh, so next to me is Ted. Uh, I'm going to ask Ted here uh, an interesting question. So Ted, you know, back, in, you know, in the heydays, you started Digitrade. I mean, what what year did you start Digitrade in? And I guess what was Digitrade? Sure. Um, yeah. Hi everyone. This is Ted Sun again. Uh, welcome everybody to our to podcast. Um, so a little bit of history about myself and and how. I came here today. Uh, back in '94, um, I was, uh, you know, your typical consultant, uh, working uh, with my own company um, and working with a particular client um, who actually had a um, a brokerage operation. Uh, this particular gentleman uh, was so happened to be a economics professor uh, at Queens College back then, and, and he owns a, a brokerage firm in New York City. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to team up with him, working on a different project altogether. Uh, and later on, when he saw the success of the original project, uh, which, by the way, was a, a metal company uh, doing import and, and, and uh, welding and things like that. So he had idea that could we develop a technology that would let us connect his friends in Switzerland. And these are his uh, economic professor in Switzerland University and so on and so forth, who happened to open a brokerage account in his firm. Um, so back then, as you know, back in 94, 93, uh, internet was just at its infancy. You're looking at uh, Netscape 1.0 in this case. Uh, and the only way that you can really uh, transmit an order was really through a fax. Uh, back in 94 fax was you know big things and you know, for those of you who are in that era uh, that's the only way you can really transmit order of course today everybody tells you you can't set the order through fax anymore but back then that was the only way, only way to go especially you're talking about geography difference right switzerland and new york so anyway he asked the question can we develop a technology using netscape to allow his friends or client uh, to enter the order in Switzerland, he can get it, and then we can, you know, take that order and then eventually, um, you know, uh, push into somewhere, you know, electronically, instead of having someone to manually do it, which is no different than uh, um, uh, facts. And he really want to do this end to end. And think about this: this was back in '94. You know, that Crazy. was a long, long time ago. If you think about from the timeline, yeah. that's literally, if I do my math correctly, twenty. 68 years ago. So 
we we started the project. Um, I had a, a team of developers with me. We begin to think about what the future looked like, so we begin to develop. Fortunately, at that moment, he he custody with um, Pershing, and then we have a you know great great uh, relationship with Pershing uh, that moment in time as well. Uh, and then we you know begin to to work with Pershing about how do we use API to do all this. And fortunately, I was wow. I was lucky enough to meet up with a gentleman. His name is Suresh, uh, who later on become the the CTO uh, of Pershing and and Bank of of the uh, New York Mellon as well. And so he began to develop the, the interface with us. And, and before you know it, you know, we, we eventually succeeded in developing that in technology where we can take an order from an electronic form, so to speak, and be able to pump right into uh, purging and so that the order could be executed. And this was you know, clearly a, a very revolutionary way to do business. Um, fast forward, Digitrade, once we had that success, um, by the way, this gentleman uh, who I didn't want to name here, who successfully uh, developed that technology, he actually put up um, uh, one full page in New York Times ad to claim the success. Uh, fortunate enough for him, uh, a year or two later, he sold his business to TD Waterhouse back then. So that was a great story for himself. And we, of course, uh, rolled on that technical success and then we begin to develop the so-called front-end solution to all the major discount brokerage files back then. You know, you're talking about uh, Jack Y, you're talking about even Citibank uh, and, and, and Wells, of, uh, Wells Fargo, even back then, and you name a few. So that was really the history of, of my exposure to this, this, this FinTech technology. Amazing. Um, if you think about, you know, what we tried to do back then was really take that electronic data and push to different gateway interface and load it into the back end and get executed. So that's, that's really, you know, where my entry to the technology was back then. And obviously we involved the technology continuously. Uh, and fortunately enough, you know, in, in 98, 99, we were bought out by uh, Thompson Financial, uh, which I mentioned last time uh, in the last podcast. And so that was really, you know, the connection to the whole thinking about integration uh, if i look back at my career um really my goal was my role was really to integrate system you know taking uh, input from either user or from one system and be able to connect it to another system to create that bridge right um, and if you think about today right you know in, in 2020 we all think about that as a must have uh, technology right so people often ask me well what is the difference the biggest difference between my digital era in today's and i would say that in the old days use that term i have to build every server myself yeah. i literally have to build my own data center because right. back then you you know you had to like really buy a huge you know closet i mean it really was it started maybe as a closet but then it it, it became a huge yes, yes. Huge fortunately arm, we, right? we were we're not in closet too long uh we actually have to um you know, rent a, a very high quality building. We have to do a raised floor. We have to- That's yeah, um, crazy back then. Yeah, we have to actually build the AC uh, yeah. to make sure that we can cool the unit. Uh, and this was, was obviously a long time ago, but today with the availability of all the software as a service, infrastructure as a service, you know, we don't need all of that. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. we can leveraging what people already build and piggyback on that. So I would say from the fun back end perspective, that's the biggest difference in terms of technology. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it seems to me, you know, you, you've, you've had this experience with digital trade. You, you became, you know, I want to say you became a, a platform, a backbone infrastructure to facilitate these, uh, you know, discount brokerage or online brokerage uh, stock orders before, you know, the dawn of the internet. I mean, we were dealing dial-up, you know, where you hear that uh, sign, the sound of connection, you know, at your home de home desktop. Uh, you know, I think there's a generation of people who will never hear, you know, an AOL dial-up sound. Uh, for, but for those who are listening who remember that, yeah, I mean, that's impressive. So, so let me, so if I were to summarize, you created a platform for back then to connect and integrate systems together. And in that world, it was like stocks systems. And today's world, you're taking, you know, 10 that you have your 10,000 hour plus. I mean, they say you have 10,000 hours of something to become a master at it. And I think you've far passed the 10,000 hours of integration. So, you know, you've mastered integrations and now we're going into wealth management with app crown. So, you know, you know, switching gears to that, you know, I, I understand it, you know, working with you uh, as, as son and also employee, you know, we're going out there every single day trying to get advisors to wake up to these integrations. Right. And some advisors, they wake up and they realize the power. Some, some of them spend it and they don't really understand the power. And then some of them, obviously in the third camp, they don't want to spend anything and they don't understand anything about the integrations and see no value in it. So, I mean, if you were to look at like the top advisors you're working with, right. And the guys who've been with us for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, even, you know, our first customers, um, unfortunately, some of them still with us that long, what, what separates them, you know, from the rest of the pack, I guess the big, the question here is, what are they recently doing today in 2020 going to 2021 uh to enhance their practice you know you know what do you see that they're doing that they're to enhance that practice and i guess what's the biggest pain right now right good question good question yeah so if i look at the success of my clients over the year i finding out that all of them who have successfully adopted technology in their business whether they are small or big, the major focus is always being try to solve a major business issue that's impact them today. You know, instead of trying to say, I want to build, quote unquote, a perfect system, they are smart enough to say, I want to solve this corner of my, my operation. I want to make sure that is perfect, right? I know that I cannot do a big bang development to get everything solved because that will never happen. And I'll never finish. So, most of them have a clear focus when they're working with us to say, okay, I want to solve my compliance regarding to uh, annual review of all my customers' uh, manager account. I want to make sure every one of them have a, a way to, to connect. Uh, I can monitor my advisor. I want to make sure I can do that. Uh, another friend would say, I want to make sure my new account opening process is fast because I'm doing 10 a week, 20 a week. Uh, I want to make sure that I don't lose any um, new client because I couldn't do a good job on the new account opening. 
So over the year, we have agreed that if we could work with our client to focus on a topic and drill onto it and solve it, then we have a great solution at the end. Mm -hmm. Now, fortunately, if you think about that on a holistic sense, you know, looking, we're serving over the year, I would say close to four or 5,000 firms now, right? All different people, all different clientele. Right. Um, the truth is their problems are probably common, just that different people have a different request at a different time, hmm. right? So our focus at Upcron has always been since day one to create a common solution so that we can get everybody to use that common solution rather than creating a custom. Right. right. Uh, in my old days, when I was working with these firms who always ask me, well, what kind of API interface you want? Mm. I want, I always tell them, I want the one that you're going to support tomorrow to everyone. I don't want you to build a custom for me. Right. Cause because cu custom could be very hard to maintain over the lifetime. Who's going to always keep it going. Exactly. And especially yeah. custom is, is because some developer did it. Yeah. As soon as that developer left the firm or move on to some other job, that become a dead code that nobody wants to touch. So that means it's my integration technology is always going to be in quote unquote the sunset mode, right? So I always tell my partner, give me what you have today so that I can continue to receive the newest integration there is. So I think that's the biggest, you know, success of our uh, business process is not to, you know, look for something that's unique very custom so no one else can remember how did you get there in the first place so right. that's that's the thing i get now people always ask well what is the biggest pain point exactly custom you know when you start to build something that's only to you let's say you hire a consultant right to build on quote unquote your salesforce system right as soon as the consultant left things changes who are you gonna call you call that consultant back the guy says i'm too busy yeah i, I may have a job right now i'll come back to you in two or three weeks yeah you can't well, call ghostbusters right <laughs> i mean who are you gonna call ghostbusters no exactly, exactly. Uh, so, yeah so uh, it's tough it's tough you know the you know custom is, is always very difficult i mean do you see do you see many advisors spending a lot of time doing consultants because you know when you buy salesforce you get introduced to a consultant in, immediately and they build something unique and it's not transferable because to your point that you know consultant leaves so to help them with that evolution you know that's where appcron comes in you've got a platform pay as you go always there we're always working for you kind of thing yes right? yes and then well, one of the biggest difference of us versus the rest of the world is specialty mm. right i like to think that we are the financial service wealth management specialist that's all we do uh, if, if someone comes along that's out of that bandwidth, I would, you know, nicely decline to take the job because I know I won't be doing a good job. I will be doing just what every consultant is doing, right? Mm -hmm. Doing a custom work, let the client hanging and making everybody unhappy, you know, two or three years from now. So that's our focus is not to do that if we could. You know, that's clearly the, 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 the focus in, in this case here. That's a, that's that's a good point. I mean, so I guess for an advisor, maybe you've already answered the question, but you know, do you go down the path of you know integration or consultant? You know, where do you see the values for consultant? I mean, not to throw all the consultants away, 
there's value certainly for those guys. So maybe to help the advisors understand, okay, when do I need an integration partner and when do I need a consultant? I mean, you know, help them, help the people listening, the advisors hopefully listening and make that decision. Right. And I would say that, you know, I would look at your business. So if your business is your, what I call the typical wealth practice where you don't do anything particularly different than the typical advisor, and then your volume of new clients are steady, meaning that you're opening maybe 10 or account a month at the most, things of that nature, then I would say to you that a standard solution, even with, you know, my competitor Redtail is perfect for you because of your size, because your growth is okay. Um, and then that's why, you know, if you look at the marketplace, Redtail has a great market share because they offer that simple cookie cutter solution to advisor who say, I'm, I'm typical. I don't have any specialized demand. I'm good with it. And that's perfect. Now, if you have something a little unique where your practice involves different discipline, you're doing things differently where, you know, you really are focused on uh, high-end client service. So in that scenario, maybe the red tail is not good enough for you. So you need to go higher. So you probably look at Salesforce or other more complex solution. In that realm, I would say to an advisor, if your size of the practice, let's say you have a five-man shop and you're a typical uh, you know, you have one advisor, maybe a junior and then support manager and then two other people as well. So in that scenario, a standard solution for upground where we don't do a lot of customization out of the box, it's all ready to go. I think it's perfect. So with that context, mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend you go consultant because if you think about the cost right, to, right. to the ratio to you, right? Uh, I, I would argue that for a five user advisory shop, spending 10,000, 20,000 consultant bill right. just to build something, it's, it's probably a little bit of a, I say, not, economical. Right. It's not the best spend bang for your buck. It's just not there. Okay. Um, I mean, do you see, I mean, do you see, I mean, I think I know the, I, I certainly know, cause I've seen advisors grow their AUM with us tremendously, but from your perspective, do you really see the integration play a huge factor in growing that AUM? You know. Absolutely, without a doubt. Okay. I would say okay. to the to the audience, having a strong integration and be able to leverage the data, doing more work with it analytically to understand your client better in terms of cash flow of your investor client, how would that impact you and all of that information? Absolutely, you won't be able to get that data unless those data are in your right. database and you can run report against. Got it. I mean, I I, th I think for the audience listening in, uh, you know, the biggest AUM we've seen are our advisors gone from one billion to three billion with us, and so those are really impressive numbers. Uh, we're running up on the time here, so I'll, I'll end this with the last question for you, Ted. You know, what are the pitfalls that advisors going to next year, twenty twenty one? Should what should they look out for when they're thinking about a big tech project? So, in terms of the future, I, I would say you don't want to be too aggressive. You want to be piecemeal in your design thinking, making sure that you are not trying to boil the ocean, try to get everything done, you know, in three to six months. In reality, a great project, it's probably a small piece and you do it in, in long term, a year or two, making sure things gets done, make sure your people can digest the technology and you can apply them 
that you can make sure everybody's doing the same thing, right? That's always the hardest thing to do where you have 40 even 40%, 50% of your crew doing the technology and the other one is still saying, yeah, you know, I stay with the old fashioned way and that's fine with me. So that was the only thing I will always caution my client to say, have a good game plan. It's always a good idea. Well, that, I think that makes really sound uh, advice, uh, you know, Ted. And, uh, well, thanks for uh, joining everyone. Uh, you know, we like to keep these podcasts short, simple, sweet, and uh, informative. Uh, good stories all around, and uh, hopefully soon we'll bring on some other industry folks uh, that everyone knows. And uh, stay tuned, you know, as this podcast kind of, kind of evolves, uh, you know, day to day and episode to episode.